Hello everybody, this is Dan Trotter, Pretty Good Bible Studies. I am now continuing to cover John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. This is the story of Jesus appearing for the first time to any human being since the time he had been resurrected when he appeared to his disciple Mary Magdalene. Now Mary Magdalene and the other women had already reported the empty tomb to the disbelieving apostles in their house. On Resurrection Sunday, they had done this. We talked about that in John 21 through 10 in the previous audio. But nobody had actually seen Jesus yet, and so we're going to see, we're going to talk about the first appearance to Mary Magdalene. There is a parallel passage in Mark 16, 9 through 11. I did an, a previous audio in Mar, on Mark 16, 9 through 11 covering a lot more material, so I'm going to take excerpts out of that and insert them into this audio so we can focus on Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene. And those splices begin now. Let's talk a little bit about who Mary Magdalene was. Her hometown was Magdala, which is Luke 8:22 tells us that. And Magdala is on the western, central western coast of the Sea of Galilee. She should not be confused with the sinful woman of Luke 7 or Mary of Bethany in John 11.1. 1, so that's why you always put Magdalene at the end, Mary of Magdala. This is according to the NIV Study Bible. She's listed first in most, but not all, the list of the women. So she was fairly prominent. She was the first to see the risen Christ. And we're going to talk about that later in a very dramatic scene. It's fitting that the one who was redeemed from such sin, she had seven demons cast out of her, if you recall, Mark 16.9. Seven demons? That's serious business. I don't know what she was into. Maybe she was doing astrology or a little cult. But it's fitting that the biggest sinner should see Jesus resurrected from the dead first. Note that the honor of seeing Jesus first resurrected from the dead was not to Holy Mother Mary. Excuse me, uh, the Virgin Mary. It seems like if if Jesus were Catholic, he'd let his mother see him first since she's born sinless and so forth. Now, Mary Magdalene was accused of being a prostitute because there were lots of prostitutes in Magdala. I don't know how that happened in history. There's no proof that she was ever a prostitute, but she was an alleged prostitute. And it's interesting that she got priority over one who was famous for her virginity. Prostitute first, virgin, not at all. Now we turn to John 20, starting with verse 11, and we read verses 11 and 12. But Mary, that's Mary Magdalene, stood outside facing the tomb. Now, how had she gotten there, remember? She had gone to the apostles, said that the tomb was empty, somebody had stolen the body. Peter and John take off running, and Mary follows. She's a woman, probably in a long dress. She can't run as fast, so she gets to the tomb after Peter and John have already left and gone back home. So she's by herself now. She stood outside facing the tomb, and she's crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there one at the head and one at the feet where Jesus' body had been lying. Now, when it says she's been crying, as the NIV Study Bible points out, the Greek word for crying means wailing, sobbing hysterically. She was beside herself with grief. Grief. Jesus was dead. Somebody had taken his body. She could not show it the proper respect with all those spices she had bought and so forth. Now, the NIV Study Bible speculates that perhaps Jesus appeared to her first because she needed him the most. She really, she really did love Jesus. It was very obvious. It stands out in the pages of Scripture. For whom much has been given, there's a lot of response. And Mary Magdalene had a lot given to her. She was delivered from seven demons, if you recall. Now, it said she went in and she saw two angels. Now, let's talk about the angels because skeptics love to say, see there, the Gospels contradict because Matthew and Mark only mention one angel and Luke and John mention two angels. Well, I'm going to reconcile it off off the top of my head right here. The first 
thing we can say to reconcile is actually quite easy. Mary Magdalene is by herself when she saw these two angels. Remember, she and the other women had approached the grave, and, there was, and they saw the stone roll back. They didn't see the angel who was sitting on the stone. That was probably the guards who saw that, because the, the gospel accounts that Matthew and Mark, Luke, that say that she approached, they, the women approached the tomb. It doesn't say that they saw the angel sitting on the tomb having rolled it back. It just says they saw the stone roll back. Now, if they'd have seen an angel, I would imagine that the gospel writers would have recorded that, but they didn't. So I assume, and I realize this is not a slam dunk. Some people disagree with this, but I assume that the women did not see the angel sitting on the tomb. So the first angel that's mentioned is the one that rolled the tomb back, and that's not a problem, rolled the stone back, because, I, and that's not a problem because only one angel did that. But then the women got into the tomb. Now, Mary had already taken off by this time, so the other women were inside, and Matthew says they saw, or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark says that there was one angel sitting to the right side of the tomb. And Luke says that when they went in, they suddenly saw two angels standing. So you got two standing angels in Luke and one sitting angel to the right in Mark. Well, that's easy to reconcile. Mark just focuses on the angel who spoke. He's just talking about the angel who spoke. Cause the angel was telling them, look, he's risen. You need to tell the disciples, go to Galilee and so forth. He's just focusing on the, the, the spokesman angel, if you will. Luke happens to mention there were two there. And as often said by apologetic writers, and rightly so, is when there is two, there has to be one. So if Luke says there's two, there has to be one there also. And so Mark didn't, con didn't contradict anything when he said there was one. Now, if he had said there was only one angel there, there would be a contradiction. But he didn't say that. He said there was an angel to the right side. So that that satisfies the the initial entry of the women in the tomb. Luke says there were two angels standing, and Mark says there's one angel sitting. And we've just said here, Mary Magdalene, at a different time, after she had already left and gone and told the apostles, she came back and she saw two angels. That's not a problem. And that's it. There's, there's, you know, there's just no problem about these angels unless you're a skeptic and want to deny. You want to nitpick and quibble over evidentiary accounts of the greatest event in human history that will save you from your sins and keep you from dying and going to hell and be separated from the loving God that made you forever and ever for eternity. If you want to focus on the quibbling details about number of angels or you want to get saved, well, you know, that's your business. All right. We go now to John 20, verses 13 through 15. They, that's, that's the angels, they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? He repeats the same question the angels asked. Who is it you are looking for? Well, of course, Jesus knew who she was looking for. He was just trying to be a little dramatic there. And it was, supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've removed him, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. So she, she still doesn't believe yet. Now, the first question is, is why did Mary not recognize Jesus? Lots of times people didn't recognize Jesus, and a lot of times it can be explained just by the distance. I mean, I don't know how far away Jesus was standing when Mary said that. It could be she was just so far away she didn't recognize him. She was also stricken with grief because she's crying. Her eyes were filled with tears. Plus, it's early Sunday morning. Light was probably not very bright yet. It's very reasonable to say that she did not know who Jesus was. The only case that I can see where the disciples didn't recognize Jesus were the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, which we're going to take up in the next audio. In that case, it's surprising they didn't recognize Jesus. But the other cases, it's not. It's not surprising. For example, in Galilee, when Jesus went up after the resurrection and saw some of his disciples fishing, 
John 21, verse 4, when daybreak came, came, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples did not know it was Jesus. That could be just because he was standing a long way away from them on the shore. But we'll take up the road to Emmaus uh, differently. Here's some options as to why he was not recognized in these instances. He might have looked different. His clothes might have been different after his resurrection. He might have intentionally prevented recognition for some reasons. We'll talk about that in the next audio. I mentioned already that her eyes were filled with tears, as John Gill says in, in the case of Mary Magdalene. And also, think about this. It was inconceivable to her that Jesus was alive. She had seen him nailed up on a cross. I mean, you know, that's a hard thing to believe. I, don't, I know that Jesus taught that over and over again. He was going to be resurrected from the dead. But I'm telling you, death is a huge enemy of the human race. And to think that somebody actually beat it, that's hard, hard to fathom. Now, the gardeners... She thought Jesus was a gardener, and that was reasonable supposition because the tomb was in a garden. She might have thought the gardener removed Jesus' body. Now, she might have thought it was the gardener. She might have also thought it was Jesus' disciples or Jesus' friends. I don't think so. That's Adam Clark's idea. I don't think so. I don't think she had any idea who moved it. I think she thought the gardener moved it. Now, notice in verse 13, they said to her, the angel's woman, why are you crying? She didn't express surprise that she just saw she had just seen two angels. Now, perhaps they were not in dazzling clothes as they were at the beginning when he when they saw the other women at the initial entry into the tomb. It just said she saw two angels in white. So they were two men looking creatures with white clothes on, and that doesn't necessarily mean they were dazzling white. She obviously didn't recognize them as angels. She just thought there were two men there for some reason. Some people have raised the question <laughs> Jesus is standing there, and of course he's clothed. And some people ask the question, well, where did he get his clothes? Jameson Fawcett and Brown answers that. Where did the angels get theirs? I don't know. Apparently God provided it somehow when they were raised from the dead. Don't know where he got his clothes. Now notice that both the angels and Jesus called her woman. I don't know how you translate that in English to make it sound right. Maybe ma'am or miss. Miss would probably be pretty good. It's recognition that you're addressing a member of the opposite sex, a, a female member of the opposite sex. But woman sounds so harsh in English. I mean, like here in the South, we say ma'am, ma'am. Or, or if it's an you know, unmarried lady, we say miss, miss. So Mary Magdalene was unmarried, so I, I would say it, it came across sounding like this. The angel said, miss, why are you crying? And then Jesus said, miss, why are you crying? I think that's much closer than woman. But I don't know why the translators don't do that. John 20, verse 16. Jesus said, Mary. Now he's uses her name instead of instead of just asking him why are you crying and who you're looking for he says mary turning around she said to him in hebrew rabboni which means teacher that's what they call him they call him rabbi rabboni is a strengthened form of rabbi it means my teacher more intimate than just rabbi teacher it's my teacher and it's interesting that in ancient judaism there were few if any examples where the term was used to address anybody except God, but we can't use that to say that G Mary was addressing that, G that Mary was addressing Jesus as God because it's translated as teacher. John translated as teacher, so Mary was just using the polite form of address that she had used with Jesus before, but it was an intimate form, an intensified form of teacher, my teacher, Rabboni, not just Rabbi. She said to him in Hebrew. The NIV has Aramaic because Aramaic is a dialect of Hebrew. We don't want to get hung up on that. Now, when he said Mary, he probably emphasized it, as Adam Clark says, and I believe so. Instead of just saying Miss, woman, he said Mary. 
In other words, look at me. Look at who I am. Mary, John 20, verse 17. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now, I've got a good quote from Jameson Fawcett and Brown here. Quote, Mysterious words on which much difference of opinion has obtained and not much that is satisfactorily said. <laughs> so, this is a little hard verse here. Usually people use it to say that Mary, that, that Jesus, when he says he hasn't ascended to the Father, what he meant was he descended into hell and preached to the spirits in heaven, all that holding tank theology, which I utterly reject. I don't believe it. That's what Jesus did. I believe he went straight to heaven when he died, but that's another theological controversy that does not really concern us here. I just point out to you that people have made a lot out of this verse. So now we need to know why she grabbed a hold of him. Probably kneeled down on her face and grabbed his shins, probably. Why? Because I have not yet ascended to my father. Here are some options as to what he meant. He could be saying this, look, the ascension is a long way off, 40 days. So there's plenty of time to see me. There's no need to cling me. Cling to me. He's saying, Mary, Mary, Mary. I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be around for 40 days. Take it easy. You don't need to hold on to me. You're going to see me for 40 days. Now, that's the NIV study Bible's answer to Adam Clark, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Here's another option. He's saying this. Look, Mary, when I ascend to the Father, there's no way for you to know me except by the Holy Spirit. So don't get used to being able to hold me physically on earth. Don't get used to my physical presence. I'm getting ready to vacate the premises. I'm getting ready to go leave the earth and go to heaven. And you're going to have to get to know me spiritually through the Holy Spirit. Not physically, so don't get used to holding on to me. That's possible. That's an NIV, another NIV study Bible option. Here's a third option. Mary, don't cling to me because you need to run to the disciples. I will ascend. I haven't ascended yet, but soon I will ascend to the Father. I need to see them before I ascend, so you need to go run to them and tell them that I am here and I'm resurrected. I think that, that's John Gill's solution. I think that's a little stretched in my humble opinion. I think the best answer is the first one. The ascension's a long way off. You're going to have 40 days to see me, so no need to cling to me now. In the emotion of the moment. Notice how Jesus says, tells Mary, go and tell my brothers. That's the apostles. Jesus calls the apostles his brothers. Some people say it's his physical brothers. The NIV Study Bible denies that. The members of Jesus' family, his physical brothers, did not believe in him. John 7, 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. They became disciples long after this. They were, for example, praying for the Spirit to fall at Pentecost in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. All these were continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So apparently the brothers started believing sometime after the resurrection. So he's, what he's doing is calling his apostles and his disciples. The disciples were there too with the apostles. The general run-of-the-mill disciples as well as the special apostles were there Hold up in Jerusalem, and Jesus calls them his brothers. We are Jesus' brothers. John 20, verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She did just as Jesus said. She went and went and told. Now, of course, I believe that what Jesus is doing here on Resurrection Sunday, he's going around establishing his presence for witness, for testimony, for evidence. He's appeared now to Mary Magdalene. He says, go tell the apostles. He's going to appear to the other women shortly. He's going to appear to the men on the road to Emmaus. He's spending the day, Resurrection Sunday, while all good Christians in America are hunting Easter eggs, Astarte eggs, excuse me. He's going around on his first Resurrection Sunday 
establishing the truth of the gospel, the truth of his words that he was going to rise again from the dead to redeem man from his sins. So she went and she told the apostles. Now she had already told them the tomb was empty, if you recall. And Peter and John went running out to see the empty tomb. But now she's got better evidence. She's seen the risen Lord himself, not just the empty tomb. Now we turn to a parallel account of what we just read about Mary Magdalene, alone at the tomb with the two angels and Jesus. Mark 16, 9 through 11. Starting with verse 9. Early on the first day of the week after he had risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. We've already talked about that first appearance when we looked at the fuller account in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. We learned from John that was because Jesus told her, Quit clinging to me, Mary, go tell the apostles. We notice another detail here. Those apostles were not just waiting. They were crying. They were mourning. They were weeping. They still did not believe. Verse 11, Yet when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. So they still didn't believe. So Mary Magdalene had reported an empty tomb. They didn't believe that. Now she's reporting actually seeing Jesus, and they didn't believe that. Now, there's probably an exception to the disciples who didn't believe, because I believe one of them did believe, and that was John. Because we read in John chapter 20, verse 8, Then entered in therefore, and the, the timing of this verse is when Mary had reported the empty tomb, and Peter and John ran to the grave site as fast as they could. Verse 8, Then entered in therefore the other disciple, that's John, also. In addition to Peter, John went into the tomb. Then entered in, therefore, the other disciple John also, which came first to the tomb, that's John, and he saw and believed. So John believed. The rest of them didn't. Now, you know, some people say that John believed that Mary Magdalene was right, that the body had been stolen, so he, he even he didn't believe in the resurrection. I don't think so. I think he believed that Jesus was risen from the dead, but his fellow apostles apparently not. They're still crying and moaning and weeping, and then they still didn't believe Mary when she showed up and told them that she had seen Jesus. All right, I'm come back from the splices in Mark and the other parallel passages which I discuss Jesus' appearance to Mary Magdalene. We're going to, in the next audio, talk about how Jesus appeared to the ten disciples on Resurrection Sunday night. We're going to skip several events that occurred and that were recorded in the Synoptic Gospels. For example, the appearance of Jesus to the other women besides Mary Magdalene. We're going to we're going to skip the report that some of the tomb guard reported back to the Jewish rulers, hey, the tomb's empty. We're gonna we're not we're not going to discuss the story of Cleopas and the other disciple on the road to Emmaus and they're later going back to Jerusalem on Resurrection Sunday night to talk to the apostles in the house there. We're gonna skip that. And that will prepare us for where the story takes up again in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 29, when Jesus appears to the ten disciples on Resurrection Sunday night. Judas is missing, of course, and Thomas was not there. So we'll take that up in the next audio. I hope you listened to that one. I hope you enjoyed this one. <laughs>